MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Howdy ho, Jen Reno, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 279. I'm going to send it out to LeBron James because he helped me get a bingo uh, on the NBA uh, Gambling Podcast MLK Day bingo contest. So thank you, LeBron James. I will split my prize in half with you. So you're going to get some SGPN gear if it comes in your size, which I'm not sure if it does. Anyhow, um, thank you for coming to the podcast. It's not a LeBron James podcast. It's the MMA Gambling Podcast. We have a, the first MMA, not MMA, first UFC pay-per-view of 2023 going down this weekend that we're going to break down for you. Um, myself, Jeff Chalks Fox, and my co-host will make all the picks. On this episode, we're going to make all the picks for the prelim portion of the card, which is a buttload of fights. So our um, our pre-show meeting uh, consisted of we have to hurry and get through the prelims and not <laughs> dawdle too much because there's 10 fights on the prelims, for crying out loud. Uh, that's we should have made this a three episode one, but nonetheless, we'll uh, we will soldier on and get get as crammed into your ear holes as fast as we, as we can. Let's bring in the laughing man himself, Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello. So first of all, I didn't expect you to throw this out to LeBron James. That was one of the more surprising yep. ones. And then I will also I say it is it is a 10 fight prelim card. But I will tell you, there's maybe two or three of them on here that I think you could probably fly through. They, maybe we we don't need to dig there too too some, much into. Yeah. There's some massive odds uh, on some of these fights. Um, yeah. Who uh, who helped you? You got a bingo too. Who who got you your bingo? They'll get so next I, episode. I, I didn't even I didn't even realize that I had a bingo at first. Uh, I just I, the prize was sent to my mailbox and I was like I think there was a mistake because I had my bingo no, card. I, I mentioned to you that you got bingo too, yeah, but I guess I, you didn't realize it. Yeah, I didn't realize that that's what you were telling me. So I had screenshotted my bingo card. But I guess what I didn't realize was that uh, if a guy is not going to play, they switch out the spot. So I oh, had like okay. had Giannis in a spot, uh, which right. wound up getting swapped out for this is this is going to be a terrible person to throw it out to because it's Jalen Green. Um, oh, I hate him. Yeah, but he got the under. Well, I don't hate so him, but I, I got, hate how he plays. He got, he got the under, so on uh, point. Oh, okay, that's good then. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. I, I just yeah. don't like. I don't hate him personally. I just don't like how he plays. But he's young. Well, maybe, maybe. It'll well, change, he, he he got the under, so it was yeah, it was a perfect. good night for him, but it was a good night for me. <laughs> perfect. So yeah, it's uh, we got a got a buttload of fights. Um, so we should probably, as you said, probably begin, and they should come up with bingo for UFC. That would be fun. I wonder if they do. I should look into that. That would be fun. Anyhow, um. We have got like a number of times uh, Daniel Carmody says something dumb. Number of times uh, referee <laughs> referee lets the fighter almost die because they don't stop it in time. You know, number of bad judges decisions, stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, D- Dominic Cruz yelling for underhooks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, all the fun. All right. Um, UFC 283. I I accidentally called it 285 when I was doing my article because that's all I, anyone's talking about. It's kind of getting overshadowed by 285, right? A little bit. A little, little bit, especially People with are the, excited now, about 285. Yeah, it's a, it's a triple title fight card now. 
What did they officially add a third one? Um, I don't know if it's official, but Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana is, uh, I'm being told, a done deal. Wowzers. Wow, wow. Anyhow, um, we'll talk about that in two months, everybody. All right, hang in there. <laughs> uh, we got 283, and they're back in Brazil finally, Rio de Janeiro. How do you say the arena name, Dan? Je ne sais. That's French. Je ne sais arena is, is I, how it's... I, uh, I, did, I did not even see it, so I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> J-E-U-N-E-S-S-E, which is totally like French-type word. Je ne sais. Je ne sais quoi. Uh, anyhow, I, I, I do not know how to say it, but that's how I said it. I said it like French. Um, it's going down, as I said, Saturday. It is going uh, regular time. UFC has a wacky, uh, wack, not pay-per-view, wacky fight now that's starting like at one in the morning coming up. But no, this one is regular time. So we're going to be talking about the early prelims, which start at 6 p.m. And they are on, what are they on? They're on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. And then the main prelims, 8 p.m. on ABC. So the big, big time, UFC big time, uh, ESPN big time again, and ESPN plus um and we will jump into it how uh, how, how did i do uh nope we di- i didn't race through it at all uh we're already like what five minutes in yeah yeah we're about five I, minutes in. i wasted yeah, yeah. plenty of time plenty <laughs> of time as per usual all right let's jump into it before i'll tell you about win bet after we we get at least one fight uh out of there uh, a lot of contender series veterans on this uh or debuting contender series fighters on this fight card so um Gumby will have lots of info, and I'll mostly forget most of them. I, I remember these guys, though. Bantamweights. Samen Oliveira versus Daniel Marcos. A lot of Brazilians on the card as well. Um, Marcos. Soncoro is the nickname, which he explained, I believe, on the Top Turtle podcast this week. And I already forget, even though I just listened to it today, what's the nickname mean, Dan? If you say it a bunch of times, it sounds like heart, because it's like heart backwards, basically. Oh. But that's, that's generally the gist of it I got. Okay. Okay. It was one of those... Um, Actually, it wasn't that bad, but it was one of those translated uh, interviews, which is always fun to listen to. But it, w- it was actually it wasn't bad. No, it was a good, uh, good interpreter. When, when you've yes, got a good it interpreter, uh, it, it makes all the difference. Yep. All right. So listen to the Top Journal MMA podcast, Dan's other podcast, where he interviewed this man, Daniel Marcos. Sankaro, he is a perfect 13-0, seven knockouts on his resume. This will be his UFC debut after going 1-0 on the Contender Series. Was a regional champion. Two years younger than Oliveira, three inches taller, one inch reach, plus 130. Uh, Oliveira, 18-4, five knockouts, 11 submissions, never been finished in the fight. 0-1 in the UFC, 1-0 on the Contender Series. He's won five of his last six fights. He did lose his last fight, as I, I mentioned. That was his UFC fight. He used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at bantamweight, was a regional champ. 2013 MMA, pro MMA debut, minus 155. Would you like to go first, Daniel? Yeah, I, I usually go first on the prelims. Yep. Um, I'm going to take Daniel Marcos here. I'm, I'm going to really? go dog right at the gate, um, which is my second week in a row doing it, although the last one got canceled. I, yep. I I couldn't believe he posted as an underdog, to be completely honest with you, because if you go back and you look at their two contender series fights, and, and granted, like, Simon Oliveira has had his debut since then, but, like, you know, he, he, he lost to Tony Gravely and got wildly outgrappled. Like, I, I don't even know how much you, you count that. But Simon Oliveira fought Jose Alde in his uh, his contender series fight, and he didn't even look particularly good. He, like, definitely lost the second round. He was kind of, uh, you know, like, I could see him getting, not getting the third round. You know, one judge actually gave the third round to Alde. It was a split decision. 
all day has not looked good. He's actually two and four in his last six fights. Um, but he looked his best against Simon Oliveira because he's just got like so much wasted movement. Um, and then on the other side, Daniel Marcos actually cashed for us as an underdog on this last season, the contender series. Um, he, he was fighting Brandon Lewis, a guy coming back to the contender series for the second time. And not only did he beat him, but like, he, he's the one who I remember came off of a three-year layoff and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, who knows who this Peruvian dude is coming off of three years and not fighting. And he looked otherworldly. He looked like he had completely transformed himself. And largely he did. He moved to Florida. He's working with Charles Rosa in American Combat Gym. And his striking looks so much improved. And I just think here, first of all, he's the more technical striker than Oliveira. He's not going to be wasting all of that movement. Second of all, he's shown he has exceptional power. He knocked down Brandon Lewis one time. And he had pretty good wrestling defense in that fight, which, you know, I don't know that Simon Oliveira is going to go there. But if he gets pieced up enough on the feet, it's nice to know that Daniel Marcos can probably stuff that if he needs to. So, yeah, I like Marcos quite a bit here. Shocked to see him as an underdog. So uh, happy to be getting that plus money early on. All right. I'll ride with you. I haven't written my article yet, Dan, so I can ride with you. on <laughs> you, some you can fly by the seat of your pants. <laughs> I can. Um, it was one of the ones I did have a question mark. Um, over, um, didn't we like Oliveira at the time? Did we we liked him going in, and then we didn't like him as much after I, Contender Series? Or, or I liked him. I liked him going into the Contender Series fight. Then I saw yeah. it, and I was like, ah, man, like yeah, all okay. that flashy shit that works on the regional scene right, does right, not work against the step up. And then Marcos, the exact opposite. Uh, I mean, like he was a big dog against Brandon right. Lewis, and people were like, I-, I think you're crazy for betting him and stuff like that. And then he came out and just looked you know, exceptional. Like it, he was almost like a stab in the dark. Cause I was fading Brandon Lewis yeah. and he, he wound up being like, you know, better than I could even imagine. All right. Give me the dog an undefeated dog. Who's younger and bigger and seems to be improving with every you, fight. You so, love yeah. the long reach. So I do. I do. Even though the stats really don't long reach is what I do keep stats for like long 52% reach. 2% or something. It, yeah, it, it is. It's not, it's a bit better. Four inches or more reach 54%. So it's, Almost like at the point where I'm not even going to track it anymore if it, if it goes in Galora. But anyhow, I'll take it here. Um, I'd also take all my bets over to WinBet, of course, because WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. Plus, the NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. But you're going to win, too, of course. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. Holy smokes. I did I did read that correctly. $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. And all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It's good that the less uh, professional of the two of us is the one that steers the ship and does the ad reads, right? That's good. That That's all right. <laughs> you're, you're Mr. Uh, you're Mr. Professional. Look, at, I, I hear you on your other podcast, and then here I drag you down to my level. All right. <laughs> Banna Waits. They got a question mark in this one, too. Do you have a question mark on this one at all before we jump into it? The next fight? I, I have I have some takes on it, but uh, okay. yeah, I don't I don't know that 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 helps you at all before your <laughs> all right. analysis is coming out. But yeah, right. I have some takes. Banwaits, Lewin Lacerda versus Cody Stamen. 
Um, so we got Lacerda. He's 12-1 with 10 submissions. He's been submitted one time. This will be his UFC debut. He's won 10 straight fights, six straight via finish, was a regional champion. Used to fight at Bantamweight. He's an inch taller, nine inches of reach over over over, over, over Cody Staven, four years younger, plus 290. Jeff's having a stroke on air. Um, Cody Staven, Mr. Wonderful or Spartan, uh, 25-1, 20-5-1, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted twice, six, four, and one in the UFC. He looked bad until his last fight, which he won via TKO. Uh, he lost three straight before then, so he's gone one and three over his last four. He used to fight at Featherweight. Multiple region championships on his mantle. 2011 Pro MMA debut. 0-1 as a boxer. Minus 380. The only problem is I have to make the first pick here, right? Um, <laughs> I, uh, you can't just ride with me the whole time? <laughs> no. Cody Stamen didn't. Like, he did not look very good for a while there. But then his last fight, he looked good. So, so does that mean he's actually good again? That's the question. Um, and who is this Lewin Lacerda guy? Is he related to the other Lacerda? Isn't there another Lacerda? Daniel Lacerda? I don't no. know if he's related yeah, to Daniel, the, Daniel Lacerda. Yeah, Lacerda Da Silva, the guy with the mul- multiple names. Um, This guy's fought in LFA, too. I'm going with the big dog, Lewin Lacerda. All right. I, Tell I'm me why not- I'm wrong. I, I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're, you're right. There are a lot of reasons to like him, right? Like you, you like the reach, you like the age, yep. you know, you like the, the heavy submissions. You like the fact that, you know, Cody Stamen didn't look great the last few times out. Here's the thing I will say about that, though. Look at the guys he didn't look great against. Sedner Megamedov, Marab Devalishvili, Jimmy Rivera. Um, and then if you want to go back, the last time he looked bad before that was Aljamain Sterling. Uh, and really, yeah. he didn't look bad in that whole fight. He, he just looked bad in a little bit of it. And the thing about Juan Lacerda, because I, I had to go back and remind myself of what he looked like in LFA. Um, that fight with Marceli Alves, he looked like he had no clue of what to do on the feet. He looked very confused, uh, afraid to pull the trigger. And he doesn't have good wrestling. Uh, most of the time he got the fight to the mat, it was by getting in tie-ups and getting in clinches and then just falling down and hoping Masili Alves just like engaged him in it. And sometimes he did and sometimes he didn't. And when Alves backed out, which was most of the first round, he, he probably was winning. He was getting the betters of the exchanges on the feet. He was looking better, uh, in clinch striking, but like, Lacerda just kept falling to the mat until eventually he fell down once and was able to like sweep and take Alvis's back. I just don't see that as like a reasonable way to beat Cody Stamen, right? Like all of those guys who were talking about beating Cody Stamen are guys who like low key have a little bit of wrestling or can outstrike him, right? Jimmy Rivera, good, uh, you know, exceptional striking, good takedown defense. Murad Devalishvili, excellent wrestler in his own right. Sedner Magomedov, pieced him up on the feet until he panicked shot and he grabbed a guillotine choke. I just don't think Luan Lacerda can do any of that. Like, I think if Cody Stamen shot a takedown and there was a submission there, I think Lacerda could grab it. He's got sharp jujitsu. I just don't think Cody Stamen is going to do bad enough in the striking that he's going to panic and shoot a takedown. So I'm going to take Cody Stamen in what will probably just be a kind of like boring striking battle of somebody backing away from Cody Stamen for 15 minutes. Oh boy. Can't wait. And I'm perhaps I'm on the wrong side too, or maybe I'll hit massive dogs, uh, 
or two dogs what, start what, off. Thanks. What was the what was the massive number for him and the the ugly number for Stamen that you're Plus saying? Plus two ninety. This would be and, this one of my biggest. And so then points. what was what was Stamen? Uh, minus three eighty. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that, that's that's not a bad price for somebody to throw in a parlay, in my opinion. But Throwing you buy all fine. You by all means hit your your math. <laughs> all right, let's go to women's featherweights. A couple of women I do know: uh, Josiane Nunes versus Zara Fern Dos Santos, who's not been around for a long time, but she is back. Uh, Dos Santos Infinite is the nickname. Six and four with four knockouts. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. Oh and two in the UFC, got finished in both fights. However, she's not fought since February of 2020. She's not won since December of 2017. Um, yeah, that's a long time. Those those kids are still in. Those kids are uh, people that were born then are already in school, right? Yes, yeah, they are. They're in, they're in grade grade kindergarten. Um, she used to fight at Bantamweight 2013 Pro MMA debut. She's six inches taller than Nunes, five inches of reach on her. She's been outstruck in her two UFC fights by 4.63 strikes per minute. So it's not a good uh, number, not a good path to victory there. Plus 410. Uh, Josie is her nickname for Josiane. Very, very uh, creative nickname. Nine and one with seven knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. Two and oh in the UFC. She's won eight straight fights. She last lost a fight, not win, lost a fight, November of 2013. Um, so, yeah, those those kids are real old now. Oh, they're driving cars almost. Not really. Uh, she used to fight at light, lightweight. And it's got some different laws. Dude. It's true. But we do. We are allowed to drink when we're 19 here. So it is a little different. Um, former lightweight and bantamweight. Um, lightweight. Yes. Lightweight at women's. Um, 2013. She also made her debut. Uh, she's 10 years younger than Dos Santos. Striking stats in her favor. She's almost four times more active landing strikes than Dos Santos. And Dos Santos likes to eat some strikes. That's for sure. Uh, she's outstruck her UFC opponents by 3.17 strikes per minute. So that's a, what, almost eight strike difference uh, between her and Dos Santos. Grappling stats are in her favor as well. Minus 570. Maybe this is one of the fights that we don't have to spend any more time on, right? Yeah, Josie Nunez just wings bombs, and yep. she lands a lot of them. She's super strong, uh, and her grappling's decent. Zara firing it does not look good in clinch exchanges. Um, I mean, she lost by submission to Megan Anderson, who we largely think of as mostly a striker. Um, she looked like she had no ground game against Felicia Spencer. Uh, yeah, like, I, I just don't have very much faith in her grappling. I don't think she has good enough output to win a striking match here. And like, if you just stand with Josie Nunez, she knocks you out. So yeah, give me, give me Josie Nunez here. I think of Megan Anderson as mostly a analyst at this point. So not as I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what she is. And also oh, that that's was on tonight. That reminds that. Remember, I got a set of recorder. That's on Invicta. Yeah. Invicta's on tonight. <laughs> she does a good job, actually. Uh, she's pretty oh, good. She's amazing. She's yeah. I, and I've interviewed Megan Anderson a bunch of times and yep. she's like, she's super nice and, and incredibly well-spoken. Yeah. She's one of those. She seems to, get a lot of crap from people for some, for some reason, but anyhow, um, she's, she seems nice and she does a good job. So anyhow, this isn't a Megan Anderson podcast, but it could be. Um, so we're both going with Josie news. All right, let's move on to a fight. That's much, much closer, uh, odds wise than the uh, last few that we went through. Welterweights, Wally Alves versus Nicholas Dalby. Um, as I said, Welterweights, we'll tell you about Dalby first. Locomotivo, L-O-K-O-M-O-T-I-V-O. That's actually a fun nickname. I, I, yeah. I uh, Locomotivo? Locomotivo, yes. Fine, I said it wrong. Locomotivo. <laughs> you, you mispronounce easy things at Cormier, so 
Get over yourself, all right? I just don't believe in saying his name the French way. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, Dalby is 20 4 1 with two no contests. Uh, so a wacky record with uh, that many no contests and a draw thrown in for good measure. Six knockouts, four submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. So that is very impressive uh, coming up on almost 30 fights. Four, three, and two in the UFC over two stints. However, he's doing much better in his most recent stint. Um, he's got win loss win over his last three fights. Was the Cage Warriors champion. Also, he has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. 2010 May debut. Two inches of reach on Alves. Striking stats in his favor. This is one of those wacky things. His strike differential is zero. He's we've come across this a few times. He's got what nine fights, and somehow he's been hit exactly the same amount of times as he's hit his opponents. So it's at plus minus zero, um, 0. 0.0 uh, to be exact, uh, minus 105 on him. So we're talking to pick him odds almost here. Alves, 14 to five, four knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once, eight and five in the UFC. He's going to loss, win, loss, win, loss. So he's due for a win, perhaps. He did get KO'd in his last fight. That was uh, quite a while ago, though, June of 2021. So hopefully he's got the cobwebs out. Uh, of his head by then since then three and oh on the ultimate fighter and the champion i believe that was at middleweight does that sound right to you because he did fight uh at yes i believe he fought up for that one yeah which is, tends to be the case uh what am i looking at now that i lost my here we are 2011 pro may debut so he's been around the block Se- uh, seven years younger than dolby despite uh both of them almost starting at the same time he's been outstriking the ufc by about half a strike per minute minus 0.56 is his strike differential Grappling stats in his favor, minus 115. All right, this is one of the ones I was kind of back and forth on. I have come down on the side of Alves. Just, I think the grappling and the uh, wrestling will will rue the day for him. So uh, rule the day, not rue. Uh, rule the day for him. So give me Alves. Yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. I, I think Nicholas Dalby has had a, a few issues with his takedown defense, like four takedowns to an exhausted Claudio Silva, who's kind of like over the hill, is certainly worrisome. The, the takedown to Tim Means worried me a little bit. You know, like Cowboy Oliveira, although that fight's kind of old now, got him down a bunch of times. All of those things worry me a little bit. And it, it also worries me a little bit that like, you know, he hasn't really fought anybody you think of as a big puncher with the exception of like Daniel Rodriguez. Like that might be the biggest puncher he's ever fought. And Wally Alves hits so freaking hard, dude. Like Wally Alves has been putting people away with body punches and he's got, you know, submission skills when he does get to the mat. Like Wally Alves is a legit dude here. So, you know, he's, he finished Colby Covington. I feel like we don't talk about that enough, that Warley Alves finished Colby Covington. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I think Alves is going to keep it standing for a while. And if he does get frustrated with it, I think you're going to see him go to the mat. And if he does, like, I, I think he's got a big advantage there. few things. I never talk about Alves uh, finishing Covington, so you're right. Um, <laughs> maybe I should include that in my day-to-day conversations more often. Um you worry too much about Dalby. I'm sure he thinks nothing about you. So he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think. Yeah, not often, not. at least. And and a serious point now. Um. Yeah. Dalby. Maybe he's never been finished in a fight, but he's he's been. In he actually war, has. So. He actually has been finished once in a fight. He got oh, finished yes, by right. Jesse Ronson, who yeah. uh, wound up testing positive for steroids afterwards. Right. So he just have a submission loss. Yeah. Um. And he bled so much in a Cage Warriors fight yes. that, <laughs> that the mat was unsafe. 
Um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That, that's kind of, yeah, it was a fight with Ross Houston. Super good fight. Um, but also, like, that's kind of a thing about him, too, is he is a bleeder. So, you know, that, <laughs> yep. that sometimes comes into play. Who knows? He's Ric Flair in his prime. But, yeah, the point being, maybe he hasn't been finished, but he's been in a lot of battles. So there is a lot of wear and tear on the on the old tires. So, yeah, we're both going with... Alves there. Okay. Um, where are we now? We're moving off. Why is this one on the early prelims? Anyhow, lightweights. Terrence McKinney versus Ismail Bonfim, the first of the Bonfim brothers, the older of the two. Uh, Murata is his nickname, which is? Sledgehammer. Yes, Sledgehammer. We know that from Diego Santos. And Dan knows it just from being a smart guy that knows multiple languages. Um, Bonfim, 18-3, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted three times. This is his UFC debut after going 1-0 in the Contender Series. He has won 12 straight fights. He's not lost since July of 2014, so it has been a while. He used to fight at welterweight, used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at bantamweight, so this, he's been all over the map. Uh, regional champ, 2011 pro MMA debut, one year younger than McKinney, more active landing strikes than him, but we're basing these stats are based off of one fight in the Contender Series where he outstruck his opponent by 2.67 strikes per minute, plus 105, the number on Bonfim. T-Rex, McKinney, 13-4. Oh, sorry, T-Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S. Rex. As Rex. He wrecks his opponents, yes. 13-4, um, five knockouts, eight submissions, so he's finished all of his opponents, and he's been finishing all of his losses. Three knockouts, one submission is the uh, damage on him. 3-1 in the UFC, he won his last fight via submission. He has missed weight before. He's also fought at welterweight, and he's also fought at featherweight. 0-1 on the Contender Series. Do you remember who he lost to? Um, Terrence McKinney? <laughs> oh, I do. I think we talked about him recently. Anyway, uh, I'll put the intern on it. Continue. I got it right now. Let me see. Uh, it wasn't Justin Williams. Uh, Sean Woodson. Oh, it's Sean Woodson. Yeah, he was winning that fight in the eight of flying knee. Yep, there you go. Yep. That'll, that'll do it to you. Um, regional champion for McKinney. Two inches taller, two inches of reach, also advantage on Bonfim. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.59 strikes per minute. Very impressive. Grappling stats in his favor as well. Minus 125. Is it your turn? Yeah, your turn. It's my turn. Yeah, I'm all over Terrence McKinney at this number. Um, You know, I I think I've said before, I, I really like Gabriel Bonfim, who we'll talk about in a bit. I am not so sold on Ishmael Bonfim. Um, he does a lot of the same things as Gabriel does. He like moves forward with a pace. He's clearly got some jujitsu skills when it does hit the mat. I just like think he lacks like the defensive prowess that his brother has. Like Gabriel is good at like moving forward, getting in your face, but also not getting hit. And Ishmael seems to lack that latter piece, uh, that, that piece of not getting hit on the return or not trading one for one. And against Terrence McKinney, Man, dude, I I think that that is a massive mistake. Like, being overly aggressive against Terrence McKinney just gets you finished. And and the thing is, is, like, Terrence McKinney has only failed to finish one guy since he's moved back up to lightweight. And it was Drew Dober, who's got, like, one of the most insane chins out of anybody I've ever seen before. So, like, do I think that Bonfim could take a couple of his punches? Yeah, he's pretty tough. But, like, I don't know how many he can take. So, yeah, I like McKinney quite a bit at this number here. Yep, getting hit by uh, McKinney is not a, a good idea. So, yeah, give me Terrence McKinney over the lesser of the two bomb themes. Um, even though he, he did a lot better than you expected, right, when Contender Series? 
I, he, I, I don't know even that I picked against him. I think mostly because I, I didn't think the opponent they gave him was very good. Okay. Um, it was Abasov, who, who, if I remember correctly, is like a Eastern European guy with like no striking. Um, so I like kind of expected him to go in there and win, but like not look good. And then they gave a contract anyway because of the brother thing. Right. Yes. Yes. I remember now. All right, let's go to the main event of the early prelims. So, um, but it, it's the main event in our hearts. <laughs> one of our friends are on it. Uh, one of our favorites, uh, Jelton Almeida. How many days out from the fight? We're what three, three or four days out now. Uh, this fight might actually happen. It might actually happen. happen. <laughs> it's already been uh, what twice been scratched, I believe, uh, versus Shamil Abdurakimov. Uh, Abdul Rakimov, Abrak is the nickname. Do you know what that means? A A B R E K. I don't actually. A bandit or a thug in oh. the Caucasus regions. Interesting. Yep. Uh, he's 20 7. 20 wins, 7 losses, 9 knockouts, 4 submissions. He's been knocked out 5 times, submitted once. One of those numbers is going to go up on uh, Saturday. Spoiler. Uh, 5 and 5 <laughs> in the UFC. 0 oh, 3 over his last three, all via TKO. He was a regional champion. Uh, based on their last wins, he was 41 pounds heavier than uh, Almeida. Um, minus, he's been outstruck by 0.2 strikes per minute, plus 610 if you want it. Um, plus 610, that is correct. Versus Maldinino, do you know what that means? Mahadino, uh, Mahadino. Bad, bad one or bad guy or bad bad something? Google says tabby, <laughs> which I don't believe is correct. I think um, I think that's wrong, but I... Yep, pretty sure it is. Mall, yeah, and, mall is mall is a prefix that means bad in Spanish. Or Eno uh, means little or small, doesn't it? Yeah, and small. Yeah. So, yeah, little bad tabby. I I don't think he's a little bad tabby. <laughs> That's what the episode is going to be now, though. Little yeah. bad tabby. Correct. It might be. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Almeida will call him. Um, or Jilton Jr. If you prefer, he's 17 and two, six knockouts, 11 submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents. He's been knocked out one time. He's won three straight fights. Sorry, he's won more than that. 3-0 in the UFC. 1-0 contender series. 12 straight fights he's won. He's not lost since January of 2018. So he's crammed a lot of fights in over the past five years. Um, multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yes. Used to be a middleweight. Used to be a light heavyweight. We'll see what he weighs here. Uh, but he's going to be closer to light heavyweight than heavyweight. but um, Or heavyweight limit at least. Uh, 2012 Pro MMA debut. He also is a pro grappler. Three inches reach on Abdurakimov. Ten years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor over him. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 3.13 strikes per minute. He's grapp- grappling stats are in his favor as well. Minus 975. Give me Almeida, obviously. And maybe this will turn into one of my... Uh, oh, the props are probably aren't going to be high enough for him. We'll see on next episode. But I like <laughs> Almeida. I like Almeida via finishing him as well. Yeah, uh, nine, 975 is a crazy money line number. But like it's yeah. warranted. He looks so good lately. Um, I have something cooked up for when we talk, uh, next episode. So if you're looking for a way to belt that Jelton, uh, hang on to next episode. We got you covered on that one. Um, but yeah, like he's, he's just going to steamroll him here. He's going to look better on the feet. He's going to look better on the ground. It, it's worth noting too, that Abdurak, Abdurakimov has been finished a bunch lately. So, uh, yeah, give, give me Jelton all day. All right. Jelton all day. All right. Shall we continue, Dan? I guess we shall. To the main prelims, welterweights, Munir Laziz versus Gabriel Bonfim, the other Bonfim brother. Um, tell you about Laziz first, though, the sniper. He's 11-2 and two with eight knockouts. He's been uh, knocked out himself once, 
two and one in the UFC. He's gone win loss win over his UFC career. Was a regional champion, 2012 MMA pro MMA debut, four inches of reach on Bonfim, more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.12 strikes per minute, plus 150. Bonfim Maratina. Maratina. Not Maratta, like his brother. He's Maratina, which is what? Uh tiny, tiny hammer. A <laughs> tiny hammer, yes, or tiny sledgehammer, yes. Uh 13 and 0. Three knockouts, 10 submissions. This is his UFC debut, one no one contender series. Was the LFA champion. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Used to fight at Lightweight. 10 years younger than Laziz. He's outstruck his one opponent on the contender series by 1.43 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor as well, minus 180. This is a nightmare matchup for Laziz. Like, just an awful matchup for this dude. Yep. Um, Like... You know, I mentioned before, I really like Gabriel Bonfim already. He moves forward really well. He's got good defense. But also just like if you look at what has cost Mornir Lazez in his couple of losses, it is both uh, guys who can work him to the body like Warley Alves did or guys who can take him down. Like if you want to go back to his brave uh, CF loss to Elder Elderoff, like uh, Elderoff's a good wrestler. And here you go. You got a guy in Gabriel Bonfim who's going to do both of those things who's going to move forward who's going to pressure you is going to tire you out who's going to make you kind of try to counter strike him but also is like good defensively and if he's not getting what he likes on the feet he can just take you down and beat you up it's been so long since we've seen Lazez knock somebody out it's been like three years since he's knocked anybody out so like I just can't imagine him going 15 minutes with Bonfim and not getting the worst end of the grappling or, you know, he might not even need the grappling, but like Bonfim should be able to just take it to him. So yeah, I I like Gabriel Bonfim quite a bit here. All right. As do I. So did I make my pick? No, I didn't. Yes. Obviously Gabriel Bonfim and kind of nice number, right? The, what what did you quote again? Yeah, that's a nice one. I like that one. But it's, it's not like they're, they're giving him a, a chump to start things off either. No, no, no. And and I think they, they're giving him a guy who's both good, but also like, I think a really good stylistic matchup for him. Cause I know, I think they know what he can do. Yep. Sounds good to me. That's uh let's get this guy fast tracked. If he's, if he's a real deal, uh, lightweights, Tiago Moises versus Malquizal Costa. Is that right? Did I say it right? Malquizal. Mal- Melky's on. You can call him Melky though. A lot of people call him Melky, or Melk is the nickname. Uh, 19 and five, seven knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Short notice, UFC debut. Uh, alarms should be going off in everyone's heads now. Uh, he's won two straight fights, seven of eight, three straight via finish. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at bantamweight and featherweight. He's got an inch of height on Moises, three inches of reach, a year younger, plus 310. Diego Moises, who was a guest of Dan's on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. So take that for what it's worth. If his insides don't explode before Saturday, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we are good. Uh, he's 16 and six, three knockouts, seven submissions, been knocked out once, submitted once, five and four in the UFC. He's won one of his last three. Did win his last fight, though. That was the one. Uh, he won it via submission. One no on contender series. RFA champion. Used to fight at Featherweight. 2012 Pro MMA debut. Minus 380. And it's me. I will take Moises. Uh, like I said, if he makes it to fight night, he should be good. Costa does have a, a, a good uh, good resume um, for a guy entering the UFC. Um, but like I said, short notice UFC debut, never a good idea. And he's going against the guy who's got far more high level experience than he does. So give me Moises. I'm going to go with Melk. Oh, you're going to. Wow. Plus 310. I'm, I'm going to go with Melk. Tell us what you know about Melk. 
So first of all, I I watched him in LFA a couple of well, is it a couple of times that I saw him in LFA. Yeah, a couple of times I saw him in LFA. The the one that sticks out in my head is the recent fight against Junior Mello, where it, the the things I like about him I think are trouble for Tiago Moises, and here's why. Tiago Moises is a good grappler, but he tends to strike more often than he grapples, right? I also saw Melk, when he did get attempted to grapple with Junior Mello, swept, worked right back to his feet. Immediately put some elevator hooks in, got right back to his feet. That's what you got to do if Tiago Moises tries to grapple you. He also keeps really good range, which makes it hard to set up those takedowns, especially with Tiago Moises being a guy who's not particularly good at shooting takedowns in the first place, right? Like if you go back to that win he had over Michael Johnson, he like got stuffed a whole bunch of times in that first round against Michael Johnson and then eventually had to like fall back for a heel hook. Now that worked, but will it work against the guy who's got good jujitsu like Mel Costa? I'm not sure. And in addition to that, Mel Costa has an incredible gas tank. He's very, very fit. He looks it as good in the third round as he does in the first and he throws really hard. You know, like I'm thinking back to Tiago Moises' loss to Yoel Alvarez. And I think Costa can replicate a lot of that. Like, I think he can throw in close quarters. I think he can stay away from the grappling exchanges. And, and I think if he does, I think he's going to get the better of the striking exchanges. So especially seeing a number like 310 next to him. Man, dude, I, I think Costa's worth a stab there. All right. Here we go. This is a total Gumby pick, right? Plus three ten odds against you. You're taking the guy off the regional scene, coming in on short notice. I mean, you took a regional scene guy earlier at what plus two (laughs) ninety. Like, don't don't put that don't put that just on me. (laughs) I I did a totally Gumby move as well. All right. Um. Oh, here's another. We got a lot of favorites on this card, don't we? Um. This guy next guy's a favorite of ours, right? I think you picked against him once, but uh, you. You uh, were sadly mistaken picking against Hobo Cop Gregory Hodhiges. He's got a middleweight fight against Bruno Ferreira. Yeah, you picked him. Um, I picked Chidi. Yes, that's right. You're right. But now you're back on Hobocop train, hopefully. he's Because he is fighting here. He's fighting, like I said, Ferreira. The Hulk, Ferreira. 9-0, six knockouts, three submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents. He's also making a short notice UFC debut. Um, oh, 1-0 on the Contender Series. I believe you wrote him up. Uh, you had him ranked in the short UFC career. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> All right. Uh, regional champ for Ferreira. He was about one, actually exactly 1.6 times more active landing strikes uh, than Had Higas off based off of one fight. So probably you don't have to pay attention to that. He outstruck his contender series opponent by 3.79 strikes per minute, plus 255. Hobocop, 13 and 4. Eight knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Four and one in the UFC. He's gone two and all, both of them via knockout or TKO over his last two fights. Oh, one in the contender series. LFA champion, regional champion as well. Five inches of height, three inches of reach on Ferreira. Plus 0.32 strikes per minute is what he's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by. So basically a push there. Grappling stats are better than Ferreira's minus 325. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Hobocop here. I, you know, I am, I will say a little bit worried because Fajeda does hit really freaking hard. Like he's, he's a big puncher. But at the end of the day, like, I just don't think he's going to get to RoboCop enough. Like, I think RoboCop is just going to be faster, smarter. You know, like, he, he stayed away from the biggest shots from Chidi, who is huge, right? Like, Chidi's really big. And Chidi hit him with some of his absolute best stuff, and it still wasn't enough to put RoboCop away. So, like, I think RoboCop is just going to 
you know, be the craftier guy here against Bruno Fajeda, who's largely just like, he's just like a big puncher. Um, if you remember his contender series fight, he fought Liana Liu, who's an Italian guy who, you know, I, I think is a good ish prospect, but like a good ish prospect at like middleweight or light heavyweight, which is to say that like, yeah, he can punch, but often he gets hit in the head really hard and doesn't have much of a chin. So like, I, I'm not ultimately all that impressed with Fajeda. And I think Rodriguez is just, or Rodriguez is just going to, uh, to outclass him here. You know, I got to take Kobo Cop as well. So he is the one for us here. All right. Um, what do we, oh, main event time of the prelims. Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Ihor Patiera. Um, this will be Shogun's retirement match until he comes out of retirement. Uh, his nickname is Shogun, if you may not know, him being Hua. He's 27, 13, and one, two, 21 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out six times, submitted three times. Uh, 21, 11, and one in the UFC. And it's still like, you kind of not think of him as a USC fighter, right? You kind of think of him as, yeah, as, he's a, pride, a, pride as a pride he's guy, a pride but guy. <laughs> yeah, he has fought a buttload of fights in the UFC. Uh, actually, I don't, my math doesn't add up here. So I, I may have that incorrect because he's gone, he went 12 and one in pride. You can't go 12 and one for pride and go 21, 11 and one in the UFC. So maybe the internal look at that in a moment, but anyhow, he's lost two straight fights. He being who, uh, he's gone two, three and one over his last six used to be the light heavyweight champion of the world. He ended the Machida era prematurely on us he fought at heavyweight once and lost that was his only loss in pride you remember who it was against dan uh who his only mean? loss in pride i don't know the answer to that he went to went to heavyweight it was the hammer man uh mark oh coleman. mark coleman no shit yes yep true story all right uh he was 16 and 2 coming into the ufc and now he is so he went 11 11 and 1 is his correct number so he's right at 500 in the ufc not 21 11 1 11 11 1 um, that doesn't really make a difference on the picks here. I'm sure, uh, 20, 2002, I want to say 20, but no, 2002 was his pro MMA debut. He's got an inch of reach on Pachiera. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.8 strikes per minute. The grappling stats are in his favor as well. Plus 175. Pachiera, duelist is a nickname, 18 and three, eight knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Oh, one UFC. That was one of his knockouts. He got TKO'd in his debut. That was his only loss in his last 16 fights. He's gone 15 and one, one and in contender series. Used to fight a heavyweight as well. Two inches of height on Shogun, 15 years younger. He's more active landing strikes based off of his two fights, contender series and UFC fights. He's more active landing strikes than Shogun. He, however, he has been outstruck by his opponents in those fights by 1.31 strikes per minute, minus 215. Finish us off. Is it? I think it's your turn. Really? I took Obocop. I took Obocop. Yeah, I took Obocop too after the fact. I thought. Uh, anyhow, um, give me Shogun. Can you believe that? I'm going to take Shogun. I'm a little surprised you're taking Shogun. Atiara uh, spun us in his last fight. Um, yeah, I think Shogun may have one last gasp in, in the tank. I, I may be fading Patiera too much here, but give me Shogun. Uh, I, I, I said this was going to be the... Uh, I'm playing it fast and loose this year, Dan, so there we go. I'm taking it I'm going to say this. I really hope you're right. And yeah, I also am going to guess that, and I also am going to guess that you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Patiera here mostly because in that first fight, like he was taking it to Nikolay Negumaranu before he just like absolutely gassed himself out. I like to think he will be more composed in his next fight. Um, I also don't know that a young, longer tough boxer is going to have any trouble getting Shogun out early. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't strike me as 
Shogun doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to stand in there in a brawl and like survive and then be the grittier, tougher guy later. Like he was that guy earlier in his career. He just doesn't feel like that anymore. Right. Like he tapped out due to strikes against Paul Craig and like Anthony Smith overwhelmed him. And like, he just doesn't seem like the guy who is going to survive an early onslaught and like win the gritty battle. So like, I'm going to take Potiera here. I don't love the number I will say, cause you know, Shogun turning back the clock in 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 Brazil one more time would be amazing, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna take Potieri here. All right, so there you go. We got it done. I'll recap our picks quickly, and then we will bid you farewell until tomorrow. I got Hua. Dan's got Potieri. We both have Hadhigas. I have Moises. He has Costa. We both have Bonfim, uh, the younger of the Bonfim brothers. Uh, what's his name? Ismail? Gabriel. Gabriel. Ooh, I got him mixed up. Gabriel. Uh, Bonfim. Uh, G means good, Bonfim. That's all I'm going to remember, Dan. Um, we both have Almeida. Uh, we both have McKinney. We both have Alves. We both have Nunes. I have Lacerda. He has Stamen. And we both have Marcos. Does that sound correct? That sounds good to me. All right, little bad tabby. Let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. How about episode 280? A historic 280. People said we never would make it past 279 when we started, Dan. Now we're going <laughs> to no, look at us. 280 coming. Um, until we meet again, make sure you, if you haven't already joined our sports podcast.com slash discord, we have new people trickling in there every day. It's lots of fun. Uh, we usually hang out in the fights channel, um, Twitter, SGPN MMA Gumby runs that account very well for us. So make sure you follow that. He also has his own account. Gumby Vreeland. Mine is Jeff Fox writer. What else can I tell you about all our writing uh, and all the other podcasts and everything all our giveaways and discounts and contests and all that fun stuff is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, speaking of giveaways and stuff, if you want to enter my free pick'em contest and read the rest of my MMA writing, non-sports uh, gambling podcast writing is at moneymma.substack.com. And we told you to listen to Dan's podcast, Top Turtle MMA Podcast. It's a good listen, and he always has good interviews. So there you go. Uh, so that's 279 in the books. We'll be back hopefully within a few hours into your ear holes, 21, when you listen to this with our main card preview, our props, our locks, our dogs, all that fun stuff. That'll be tomorrow. So until we meet again, I will remain the Hulk, Jeff Fox, Gumby, the duelist, Vreeland will also return and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.